Welcome to the Clubhouse with Shane Bacon. I am your host, Shane Bacon. An exciting one this week, world number two, four-time major winner, Rory McIlroy, joins us here on the Clubhouse. Rory, of course, sidelined right now with a stress fracture in his ribs, had to miss the Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship this past weekend. But a great convo nonetheless with Rory. We talked about the injury. We talked about which event he he has circled to come back to. And about his 2017, despite having to obviously take a little time off earlier in the season with this unexpected stress fracture in his ribs. This week's Clubhouse podcast is brought to you by OGO. For 30 years, OGO has been committed to the best performance-oriented golf products in the world. The golf bags are exceptionally made, and they think of everything, like the silencer stand bag. It features seven pockets and a club protection membrane. Yes, I didn't think I'd ever say membrane on this podcast, but there you go. OGO prides itself in the best bags on the market, from golf to backpacks and much more. If you're someone that brings a backpack to work every day, go to OGO, O-G-I-O dot com. Check out their impressive list of backpacks and get yourself one. All other backpacks are unworthy of these bad boys. OGO, you will not be disappointed. A great week on the PGA Tour. The career builder can be hit or miss at times, but we got a Phil Mickelson return. We got another 59. Adam Hadwin played incredibly well. Again, we talked about this last week. People that are upset about these low scores, just turn your TVs off. I'll enjoy seeing guys make history and do something silly like make 13 birdies in one round, which tied a PGA Tour record. I love it. I mean, it it needs to happen. This is stuff that people talk about. This is stuff that makes headlines outside of golf articles. Guys that shoot these incredibly low numbers. I actually talked to Rory on the podcast about that exact thing. I asked him if he'd rather win a non-major or shoot a 57 in an event. You'll have to hang around to see how he answered that. But I love it. And of course, right after Career Builder, we get the return of Tiger Woods this week at Torrey Pines. It'll be interesting. He's going to have to hit a lot of drivers. It is a big, big ballpark, one that he's had success on in the past. Hopefully he can muster up some of that past success and have a good week. We're just excited to see him back on the PGA Tour here at Farmers Insurance. Of course, Jason Day back. Dustin Johnson is back stateside, so it'll be a fun week. Really, Torrey Pines always been the place when the PGA Tour season really got going. So really excited about this week and this weekend. Hopefully, Tiger can not just have a good week, but make the cut and, and you know, who knows, get in contention. Let's see something silly, Tiger. But Rory McIlroy, of course, world number two here on the Clubhouse. A reminder, if you don't follow us, jump on Twitter, follow us at the Clubhouse Pod and at Shane Bacon. If you look at that Shane Bacon Twitter account, right atop it, I pinned a link to our Clubhouse newsletter that hits your inboxes on Mondays and Wednesdays and just an easy place to get all the golf news you need, plus funny videos, quote of the week, and now a new feature on Monday, the Psycho Scorecard of the Week. Basically, I try to find a really insane scorecard around the world of golf. And this week's was pretty good. A lot of birdies and a lot of big, big numbers all on the same 18-hole scorecard. So make sure you check that out. You can go to my Twitter page, at Shane Bacon. The link to sign up is pinned right atop it. Try to make it as easy as possible for you. Excited about this. Rory McIlroy took some time away. I know he's, you know, he's, he's rehabbing. He's just trying to get back and get healthy and get back to playing golf again. Uh, so here we go. Let's get to the interview right now. Well, we now welcome into the clubhouse a four-time major winner, number two player in the world, and recently a man that I'm assuming has probably been just binge-watching everything on Netflix, Rory McIlroy here on the clubhouse. Rory, I appreciate you taking some time. <laughs> No worries. Thanks for having me. Well, I ask everybody on the podcast the same first question. Uh, it's it's evening your time right now, so I'm assuming you've had a lot to eat. But my question is to everybody, what have you had to eat today? What have I had to eat today? Okay, well, um, 
Okay, this morning I had um, granola with Greek yogurt and berries. And then I had two slices of toast with peanut butter and banana and a coffee. And then for lunch I had roasted vegetable and quinoa salad with chicken and a bread roll. And that's been it. Yeah. I mean, have you, have you my you, food too far today? <laughs> pretty healthy. Have you been able to do much? I mean, I'm assuming you've been, uh, you know, kind of hung up with the, with the stress fracture in the rib. Have you been able to go uh, do anything active at all? Um, I've been walking. I, think I, I can't even um, I can't even run at the minute because, like, if I my feet hit the ground hard at all, the vibration in my rib cage sort of hurts. So, uh, walking quite a bit. I've been walking about five or six miles a day. Um, I actually putted today for the first time, so that's the first sort of little bit of golf I've done. Um, since we sort of found out about this injury. So um, that's why I'm not eating that much. I haven't been able to get be that active, so I don't want to put weight on over these next few weeks. What, what do you do? I mean, I'm assuming you're bored as, as you can be right now. Are you, are you on, I mentioned Netflix. Are you catching up on shows? Have you been watching the Australian Open? Kind of what have you been doing to pass the time? Yeah, watching, yeah, watching a lot of tennis. Um, just, yeah, just watching the Dow and Monty show today. Watched uh, Better um, yesterday. Yeah, so we've been watching a lot of that. We actually just started Sherlock, uh, which is more of a British TV show with Benedict Cumberbatch. So we started watching uh, Sherlock on Netflix. Um, it's actually been okay. So we've sort of, we've, you know, it's been a week where I haven't really done much. But today, at least I was able, I went into the gym for 45 minutes this morning. A bit of started doing a few little bits of rehab stuff, but without any, obviously without any resistance. So just trying to, you know, make sure the movement is all there and just making sure there's range and everything. So today has been much better than the, than the past few days, but um, yeah, still, still try to fill my time over here. And, and how did you exactly injure the rib? Was it, was it gym? Was it golf? Was there, was there a moment you felt something happen? I mean, I know you still played through it, but, and nearly won, but was there a yeah. moment you could feel it? Yeah, there was. Um, it, it probably was back to before Christmas. Um, I, I've obviously I've had a lot of balls in the off season testing equipment and and I'm trying to make a little bit of a swing change as well. Um, the, my my takeaway was getting a little bit behind me at the start of the swing, so I was trying to make sure that the club stayed in front of me on the way back. Um, and one of the drills I was doing, I was sort of reaching a little bit with my left arm and nearly extending, and 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 I think that's what happened. Well, we, that's basically what we think has happened is while I've been trying to make this swing change and it's a pattern that's a little bit um, not new to me. It's something I'm trying to get back to, but I've, you know, where I've been swinging for the last, say, two or three months where it's been getting deep in the back swing and a little bit, you know, sort of a, up and across the line, a little bit at the top and trying to fix that. And I think just the combination of trying to make that small tweak to my swing um, and obviously hitting a lot of balls and hitting a lot of drivers as well, making a lot of swings, hard testing drivers testing balls testing everything it just you know the muscles just basically said right we we're tired we don't work anymore <laughs> and then that put, that put stress on the joint and then the joint was like i don't like this either and then and then the, the rib took the, the brunt of it and, and decided to decided to you know sort of put one up there but you know, you know there's a lot of stress and just a little bit of a fracture you're 27 years old you got to tell your body to, to to lock that up it can't be given up now i mean it's still still young and healthy yeah, I know exactly. Um, but yeah, look, it's been, a, I guess, after a long season, especially a busy end of the season with playing 
you know, FedEx Cup, Ryder Cup, um, you know, and then going and you know, playing the, the rest, you know, going to China and doing the rest of Dubai and everything. I give myself maybe two weeks off and then just jump straight back into it. So um, it hasn't been the, you know, it, like it wasn't the, you know, I knew that it was going to be a busy off season with all the stuff I had to get sorted, but you know, I never imagined that hitting so many balls would, would lead to this. But um, that's the way it goes. And you know, now we're just focused on trying to get as healthy as possible. And, uh, hopefully tee it up again in, in a few weeks. Yeah, I was going to ask, is is there a timetable? I've seen some quote-unquote golf doctor experts, who are my favorite, by the way. I've seen them mention four to six <laughs> yeah. weeks or so as a return. Do you have a timetable you're, you're looking at or an event you're looking at as a possible return? Yeah, I'm trying to get back from Mexico. That's my that's my timetable for return is try to get back from Mexico. You know, I, I could probably, I feel like I could maybe get back before that, but um, for example, if I were to play Honda um, and then go straight to Mexico, I would be playing two weeks in a row. And that sort of, I'd like to sort of ease my, my way back in gently. So I think Mexico is a perfect time to return because it's four rounds, there's no cuts. You know, I can see how everything feels. I have a week off after that. So just, you know, Mexico, all, all signs pointed towards Mexico being the one that I could come back to and be 100% comfortable at. So um, hopefully it works out that way, and, and, and that's where I'm planning to be back. And I'm assuming when when something tweaks with you, 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 you do something like this, and as you mentioned, you're doing it you know, on the range, testing equipment. There's got to be something in the back of your head that goes, oh, no, everybody's going to point to the gym because of this. I'm assuming that's something that pops up. Why do you think that there's so many quote-unquote golf experts that are scared of these players, you, Jason Day, Dustin, you know, the, the top tier players that are now, you know, into being in shape and going to the gym and doing different types of workouts. Why is there such a fear and, and a contrast between a good golfer and a healthy golfer and one that wants to bulk up and get strong? Yeah, I mean, see, that's the thing as well. I think there's misconceptions about people trying to bulk up. You know, I'm I'm the same weight I was when I came out on tour. My my body composition is a little bit different. You know, I've lost a bit of fat and put on a little bit of muscle, but you know, I, I don't weigh any more than I did when I first came out on tour. You know, that's so there's a misconception there and, and the reason that I got in the gym was was to, to stay healthy. I mean, I've had lower back problems since I was seventeen years of age and I, I didn't step foot in the gym until I was twenty one. You know, so the reason that, that I went to the gym was to try and protect my lower back and to make sure that, you know, injuries don't happen. Obviously, you know, by by swinging a golf club 120, 125 miles an hour, you have to be pretty robust, especially if you want to do that three, four, five hundred times a day. So, you know, I, I think some people are just a little bit ignorant and, and they don't <laughs> they don't realize, you know, the, the modern game has moved on and the modern game, like, like guys, you know, and, and I'll, I've said this before, you know, Tiger's career and Tiger, you know, he came it up this week and he, you know, he, he's going to give it a run in his 40s and that's great and it's it's great to see him back. But at the same time, would I sacrifice five to ten years of a lengthy career to have a record like that and and put up with a few injuries here or there? Of course you would. Right. You know, like I, you know, you're going to. I think comes the time. You know, especially with the modern golfer and the way we swing and the way modern equipment is, you need to swing like that to get the most out of it. You you want to see guys maybe not have these 25, 30 year careers anymore. They might come, they might go down to twenty, 
and 20, like you think about it in the world of sports, a 20 year career is still a really long career. You know, it's a hell of a career and, and you can make, make the most of that. So, um, like hopefully my career doesn't go that way and I can play into my forties and, and I'm healthy enough. But at the same time, with the way you need to swing these clubs these days and, you know, it is a card game. You know, it really is. You know, you, you look at the, the top players in the world, um, you know, Jason Day, myself, Dustin, um, even Jordan and, you know, Becky and Henrik Stenson. I mean, we all, you know, the top, most of the top players in the world hit the ball a long way. And, and there's, you know, it's, it's, it's not a coincidence that they're all the best players in the world because if you can hit the ball a long way, it gives you a massive advantage over a lot of the field. Well, and, and with you and working out, you know, when you go to implement a new workout, so say you say you're working back and you're going to start doing deadlifts, or you're going to start doing overhead or something like that. How much prep with a trainer and, you know, with just studying to make sure you're not going to do something wrong, how much goes into just simply adding a new workout to make sure you're not going to hurt yourself? Oh, of course. I mean, you got to go through it. I mean, if you add a new exercise or you add anything to a new workout program, I mean, you're going to have to go through that at least, you know, two or three times with a lighter weight just to make sure your form's okay, just to make sure you're doing it right, just to make sure, again, you're not going to injure yourself by doing something stupid and, you know, so I luck goes into it. I think that's the thing as well. You know, people people think we just go into the gym and start throwing weights around and don't know what we're doing. And we've got very knowledgeable people with us helping us every single day do these things. And um, you know, it's you know, we, we, we have great teams around us and you know, we very naive of us if we didn't, but you know, all the top players do and I don't think you know, sometimes I don't think people appreciate that part of it as well. Well, it's a part that, that fans maybe don't see, and they don't understand that, again, as you mentioned, you're not in the gym just, you know, I'm going to go do bicep curls now, and I'm going to go do 12 pull-ups. I mean, it's it, it, there's there's a lot that goes into this. I mean, there, uh, James Harrison mentioned he spends almost half a million dollars on his body every year. I mean, this is the life of a professional athlete, even a golfer. It's important to do that. But enough of working out. I know you, you speak on this quite a bit. So I was going to reference your, your excellent uh, Irish inter- independent interview with Paul Kimmage, I thought it was great. It turned out great. But you talked a lot about Augusta National and the Masters and your prep for that week and how it can almost overwhelm a pro considering the lengthy major championship break, you know, following the PGA Championship. And I was going to ask, of course, the injury maybe hurts this a bit, but have you done anything different this year or do you plan to do anything different this year to prep yourself for the 2017 Masters to make it as normal as possible going in? Yeah, I mean, obviously this probably isn't the, the perfect preparation, but at the same time, it could be a blessing in disguise. It gives me five or six weeks where I can just purely work on my short game. So there's no excuses going to Augusta and not having a, sh- a sharp short game this year. So we'll see. I mean, I try to, you know, anytime I go to Augusta and it doesn't quite work out, or, you know, there's, you know, Augusta most years doesn't really change. They'll, they'll tweak a green here or there. They'll, they'll do something different, but, you know, it, it's basically... You know, what you see is what you get with Augusta. And, um, you know, I think I've said this before, going up the week before or even even the practice rounds Monday through Wednesday, you know, you're just going out there to get a feel of the course, sort of, you know, sight lines off tees again and certain shots that you feel comfortable with, just sort of making sure you know where the pins are. You know, there's probably five or six different pin locations on each green, so just making sure you're comfortable with every one of those. So there is some stuff you can do, but it's it's all things that you've seen before. So it's just re-familiarizing yourself with with the golf course, with the property, and and that's really it. You know, it's it's 
you know, I, I feel some people can over-prepare for these things, and because at the end of the day, you can do all the preparation you want, and you can you can you know every line of every putt, and you can do whatever. But if your execution isn't there, that preparation preparation isn't going to help you. So I'd much rather go into the Masters feeling really comfortable with my game, knowing that everything is is on song and, and firing, and I'm comfortable. Um, play a couple of practice rounds, get your feel, get whatever, and then just go play. You know, because you know at the end of the day, you have to execute under the gun, and that's the most important thing. And, um, but as I said, you know, short game is obviously huge around there, and I've no excuses this year. You know, I've got a lot of time on my hands to, to chip and putt the next few weeks, so you know, hopefully I can make the most of that. What would a 12 handicap shoot in tournament conditions at Augusta? Oh, so <laughs> I would say, yeah, they'd, be like, they'd, they'd have to play well with like 100. So, I mean, it's that much different. You mentioned it. It's that much different current tournament conditions compared to even on maybe Monday or Tuesday of the practice rounds. Yeah, yeah, oh, for sure. And the thing is, well, actually, it would, it would, it would almost be harder for them in the practice round because the golf course is long off of that, you know, off the Masters too, it's seven, five, seven, six, whatever it is. Um, you know, you know, obviously a typical twelve handicap, but they're not going to hit the ball a very long way. So you're they're hitting it down to the bottom of the hill at the first. They'll have a blind shot for a second. They won't be able to reach the green. You know, like it's a, you know, it's just you know, I could go through every hole and tell you why a twelve <laughs> handicap stuff on it. Just, it wouldn't be pretty. It's not to say like it's a, it's a very you know, off the member, that's the great one of the beauties about Augusta as well. They could go and play off the members teams and, and shoot their handicap pretty easily, but then once they go back to the Masters teams, it's just a completely different ballgame. Well, you played with, uh, and I'd say he's an internet sensation at this point, and really a cult legend, Jeff Knox. You played with him in the 2014 Masters. He played it as a, as a marker, of course. You mentioned after you were so impressed with his game, you, you felt the need to maybe pick his brain. Have you ever done that? Have you ever talked to, to Jeff Knox about... Augusta and the greens and his ability to play that golf course uh, really in, in a professional manner. Oh yeah, I mean he was like I think he just got inducted into the Georgia the golf, Georgia Golf Hall of Fame. I think I saw this week. So, um, but yeah, he is he is the he is quite a legend around Augusta. Yeah, I mean as I said, I played with him on uh, in 2014. Yeah, on the Saturday and he beat me by one. <laughs> I think. Yeah, beat me by one. Um, and that was, I birdied the last and he bogeyed, so I, I sort of made it look respectable. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's just his feel and his, I think Augusta as well on the greens, it's so visual. And I think he's seen, you know, the, you know, seen the ball on those greens and the, you know, the lines in the beyond so many times. He's just so comfortable, like, hitting the ball to spots and letting it fall and letting it take the slope where, you're sort of looking at a putt and be like, nah, it can't, it can't do that much or it can't swing that much. But he's so comfortable because he knows the place so well. And, and he's just got such a lovely rhythm and, and slow to his stroke. It's, um, it, was, it was great to go with him and he's, he's a hell of a nice guy as well. So um, I always try to catch up with him when I, when I go to Augusta. Was there a moment on some hole that, that round where you looked over JP and you went, I think this guy's beating me? Yeah, well, not that, not that he might have been beating me from the start. I can't remember, but I remember looking, looking to him, and I think he held a putt, um, like from the back of the green on twelve. Um, I think the pin was, I think it was the front left pin position. He hit it just over the green, and he held his putt, and that is like one of the, 
it looks flat, but it's one of the fastest putts and one of the trickiest putts on the golf course. And, you know, he just puts this lovely stroke on them and then the, the, the putter just barely sort of goes through the ball and the ball just starts off and the ball goes in and just a, a perfect speed on the high side. And just like, I mean, it was just such a... And I, I remember that putt on 12 and that's when I thought, like, this guy, this guy knows what he's doing around here. He's pretty impressive. Well, you mentioned about equipment. You mentioned that there was a possibility of a tweak coming in because you were testing out a lot of equipment. You know, you put the Callaway Epic in the bag. You have some Callaway irons in there, Vokey wedges. You were playing around with the TaylorMade M2 at the end of last year. Considering that Nike Golf's equipment side's gone away, has the newfound freedom with golf equipment been a good thing for you? Or have you found yourself tinkering almost too much knowing that really the, the, the golf equipment world is your oyster and you can play anything you want? Yeah, um, I you know, I, I thought it was going to be this blessing. You know, I've got you know, everything at my disposal and I can go and play whatever clubs I want, whatever ball. Um, you know, I can put a setup in my bag that works exactly the right way for me. And, um, but then again, you, you don't realize how much choice, you know, I, I hadn't hit any other golf club manufacturer for four years. You know, I, I had Nike clubs for four years and it was like, I'm really happy with them. And, and then all of a sudden I have this, I, I step into this world again and it's like, wow, you know, and, and it's amazing. You don't you don't realize, you know, I had title of stuff that I hadn't hit for four or five years, and how much that comes on. And then you hit Callaway stuff and TaylorMade stuff, and you know, Ting and PXG and Mizuno and whatever else. I mean, just everything you can think of. And um, and you know, it's everyone makes great golf equipment. I think that's the thing. So sometimes it's hard to, you know, there was one day I hit PXG. I just I was like, oh, these are so nice. I think I'm going to go with them. And then I had Cleveland wedges the next day. I'm like, no, no, these are, if anything, maybe a little bit better. And I had the Vokey wedges. I'm like, all these, you know, I'm comfortable, you know. So all of a sudden, you've got all these decisions to make. Um, but, you know, I think with what I played with in, in South Africa, I'll still test. I mean, I, I even tested in South Africa. Um, I got the new M, the new Taylor-made M1. Um, I tested that in the 440 head and the new Fairway Woods. Um, and I tested those on the range and got a few of those built up for me. So um, what I used in South Africa, I felt went really well. And it's the one thing that I that I liked, and the one the one well, one of the reasons why I used the the Callaway Woods well, and and the Callaway Irons actually just because they performed a little better with a Titleist golf ball. You know, and that's a big thing as well. How the golf ball performs with the woods, but um, the Callaway Woods and the Titleist ball on the course worked really well and I hit some great drives and some fairly good shots were really good and I mean I was really happy with how everything went. So um you know if if that's the setup that I like, I mean I can see myself playing that for the foreseeable future. But again, you know, there's everything out there so, you know, I I might get this stage where I find pick something up and, and like that a little bit more. But at the same time, I mean I just shot eighteen under par in my first golf tournament with the setup that I had. So you know, I, I, you know, it, it, you know it, there's obviously some really good stuff in there, and you know, there's no reason to change something just because you can't. You know, you only want to change something if it's better. And, and right now, I don't feel like there's anything better out there than than what I have in my bag. But that's not to say that I might find something in the middle of the season. When you were coming home during this whole equipment testing phase, 
how many boxes would be near the front of your house every day with new stuff, with new drivers, new putters, new wedges? Because I'm assuming you were getting everything from everybody at all the time. Oh, I mean, when we were when we were <laughs> when we were flying back from Dubai, um, I tested a lot of stuff pre-Christmas in Dubai, and then we were flying home to Ireland. I had three full flight bags, like club clubs, <laughs> just full of equipment. I think I paid. I swear, I think I paid like. Fifteen hundred dollars worth in excess baggage just to get all of it home. I just, I mean, there was just stuff. I mean, just everything. And then, yeah, you know, it wasn't just. I mean, there's so many clubs and boxes, but then all the golf balls as well. I mean, you you try and you know, and every manufacturer makes three or four different different golf balls. So I mean, you're you're trying a lot of stuff. But it was a fun process. It was great to go through. Um, I just didn't realize that I I might have injured myself in the process. <laughs> <laughs> well, you maybe injured yourself carrying those bags to the airport. I mean, if you got yeah, four clubs, those aren't either, light. Yeah. Well, the 59 yeah, has been the big story this year on the PGA Tour. Of course, Justin Thomas doing it. Adam Hadwin did it. Shot 13 under at the Career Builder. Uh, Justin Thomas, I wouldn't say made headlines, but he it was an interesting comment. He mentioned that you know he'd rather shoot 59 than win a golf tournament. I was going to ask you. You're a guy that that judges himself on wins. So, would you rather win a big event this year, not a major? but a WGC event or something like that, or would you rather post a 57 at an official PGA Tour event but not win that golf tournament? Oh, I'd win the guys, go with win the golf tournament all, all day. Um, shooting these scores is awesome, and obviously what JT did over the first couple of weeks of the year in Hawaii was great, and um, I saw what Adam did um, over the weekend there, and, and it's amazing, like, you know, and we're, we're talking about, you know, go, the golf courses haven't got any easier. But, you know, you look at all these sub-61s, I think there's been, like, even six since 2010. Right. And there was only three before that. So it just shows the standard of the golf these days and how deep the fields are and the level that, that, that the players are at. Um, but, no, I'd, I'd go with a winner. I'd, yeah, you know, I'd take a win over a 57. Have you broke 60 in your life before? No, I had a putt to break 60 at the Bears Club last year and left it short. <laughs> no, you didn't. How far was it? I did, yeah. Um, 25 feet. Okay. So, I mean, it was, it was, it was, a, link, it was a lengthy yeah. look. Yeah, it was a lengthy putt, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah, but still, you can't leave it short. Yeah, you can't <laughs> leave it short. And I was going to ask about the eagle putt. I mean, a lot of people have talked about your Ryder Cup experience, but I, you know, really look at the Tour Championship and that playoff, the back and forth really with Ryan Moore is almost a lead into that because it was, it was very much like a singles match in a Ryder Cup. I have to ask you, and you have to be honest here, did you think you cashed that eagle putt on that first playoff hole? Because it looked like you were going for the hat off handshake when it would it lip out or just roll the high lip? Um, it, was, it was a lip out. I thought I'd held it. I, I knew that I'd started at a tiny bit right of where I wanted to. It was a slight push, but I just thought with, the, the pace that I hit it at and then with the slope and the grain I just thought it was going to catch the right the top side of the hole and drop in um, and that's why yeah look I, I had my hat off I had <laughs> everything ready to go to give it a big fist pump and it just rejected so um, I had to wait a few extra holes but thankfully it, it didn't cost me in the end yeah the, the putt you made was, was even further away of course than, than that one and it went dead center that hole that hole's got to be the Rory hole by the way the hole out and a birdie putt to win it was pretty impressive we we talked a little tennis, so I have to ask: which athlete, past or present, do you see yourself the most in? 
Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> oh, wow, that's a... We, we went from equipment to the tour championship to that in three questions. I bet you weren't ready for that. Yeah, I don't know. Why that, yeah, that's a hard one. So <laughs> if I said, like, if I said Roger Federer, I'd probably be flattering myself. And he's got a chance to win a good team Grand Slam this year. Um, but I love, I love you know, the way you know, the way Federer plays. You know, it's just it looks effortless. It looks so easy. It looks, I mean, he just glides across the court. But uh, that's not a real hard one. Well, if you, um, you if you just so you know, I just want you to know that I have next to my question in parentheses Roger Federer question mark. So if it makes you feel better, that was the same person I had noted down. Uh, just in the sense of demeanor, and I wow. think uh, the the ability to 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 act, you know, and I know you like to use the word, but to almost act quote unquote normal, despite being you know the number two player in the world and, and a four time major winner. Um, you know, I, I was going to ask about JP. I, I know a lot of stuff doesn't get directed at, at professional caddies, but you know he's been on your back for a long time. What are two things you love the most about JP, and one thing that drives you crazy about JP? <laughs> Uh, two things I love about JP. Um, one, he's the most loyal person. Like he would go to the end of the earth for you if you need him to. I think that's the, the one thing that you know JP will. He's you know, he's loyal and he'll he'll defend me and protect me to to help. He is you know he's incredible that way. Um, second thing that I love about JP is. Like when we get to the golf course, we are there to do our job. You know, we're there for business. And look, I'm not one to stand on the range for like, you know, three hours and chat with people and just sort of shoot the breeze or whatever. Like, yeah, I'm there. I walk on the range. I'm there to hit my balls, do my practice, and get out of there. I feel like any extra time at the course is just wasted energy that you don't, you, know, you don't need to waste. You know, you can put that into other stuff. Um, and so, what I'm trying to get at is. He, like I, I'm very, it's very hard for me to say no. Um, like if someone comes up to me and I'm trying to practice, it's it's hard for me to say like let's go away. I'm just trying to get some work done here. But JP's, it's very easy for JP to do that. He loves doing that. <laughs> so he's he's a good like we call him a Rottweiler because he just barks at people and they go away. So I do like that part of him as well. Um, and one thing that. One thing I don't like about JP. But you don't have to say um, it. Doesn't have to be. Don't doesn't have to be. Don't like. It's just something that drives you crazy. I mean, it could be his sunglasses, for goodness sakes. Oh yeah, no. I think since 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 the since the appearance of the sunglasses, I've done all right. Those those sunglasses were um, <laughs> the open in 2014. Is where was the I remember uh, it was my mom and me on the Nike van trying to pick out a pair of sunglasses that suited them, <laughs> and we went on and won that week. So that was good. Um, one thing that drives me crazy about JP, uh, once he gets something, he's very stubborn. Like once he gets something in his head, he like sticks with it. It's very hard for, for you to convince him of something else. Um, so even on the golf course, for example, if that's a seven iron, if I want to hit seven iron, he thinks it's an eight iron. It'd be very hard for me to convince him that the eight iron isn't to play. So a little bit headstrong, but it's, that's a good thing as well because, you know, sometimes he needs to be and he needs to be decisive, especially if 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 I want to play a shot and he thinks 100% that isn't the right shot, at least he, he's man enough and he's decisive enough to say, no, that's definitely not the shot. So, 
it's a good thing and a bad thing, I guess. Does does any moment pop up in your head where you guys had that in a in a I would say a big moment or a, a semi big moment where he liked something, you liked the other, and and you decided to go your way? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, even like just going back to the tour championship, um, on two occasions on the on the 18th on the last day in regulation, I hit it right under the trees, um, and. Actually, I think you could probably see that. Well, that one I wanted, you know, JP thought maybe just um, try and hit an iron out and, and sort of play something in from like 70 or 80 yards. Um, and I thought the, the lie was downhill enough that I could hit a five wood and hit it hard enough that I could get it up around the green somewhere and get it up and down. So that was the first one I know. It was actually on the, on the, um, on the second playoff hole. We'd all hit it left off the tee um, at the tour championship and I was under the tree and I think you can actually hear it on TV where JP says, why don't you just chip it out with the sun's edge right? <laughs> and I, I, I sort of like the three iron, the same sort of shot that I said before, sort of hit a, hit a low one, but I needed to hit it absolutely perfect. Um, but I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to say it the way I did, but it was, I sort of dismissed him. It was, it was a very dismissive comment, like, no, no, I don't like that type of thing, but it was very blunt and to the point. You might be able to look it up because a few of my friends were watching the coverage, sent me the sent me the clip of it straight away, and were just laughing saying that wasn't very nice in JP. <laughs> well, it, it, <laughs> but, was that um, was that the shot you had to drill under, and it and it had to carry that the little water that came in there, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it was a risky shot, but I felt. I mean, you know, when you're playing for. Eleven and a half million dollars. It's it's worth taking the risk at that point. <laughs> I do. I deal with that same problem all the time when I'm playing in my men's club. Eleven and a half million on the line. So I totally understand. What do you think JP's answers would be about you? Just something he likes and something that he thinks uh, is a little zany about you. Um, I think probably the loyalty thing. I mean, we've been very loyal to each other, and um, again, I'll defend JP. And you know, he, he's you know he's been great for me, and I've always said, look, he's you know, he came on my bag when I was outside the, the top 200 in the world and, you know, basically struggling to keep my card on the European tour. Uh, you know, obviously, four majors and world number one and, and, and all that sort He's been a huge help in my career. Um, and one thing he would say, well, not now, but one thing he would, I, I, I get, I, I mean, I, I realize this as well, but like I get quite complacent, even if I'm, you know, I feel like I'm hitting it well. I feel like I'm chipping well. I bunker play or putting. Sometimes I don't keep them off of it enough. Um, and sometimes I'm like, no, no, it's fine. I'm, I'm done. And, you know, I might just do 20 minutes of putting and be like, no, I'm fine or whatever. He might just, you know, he might want to do just a little bit more. But I, I'd be like, no, I think I'm good with that. I'm fine. I'm going to go and do something else today. So that's probably where I annoy him a little bit. <laughs> Not that I could work harder. I feel like I work hard enough, but. Sometimes, sometimes I can just get a little complacent. So we we talked a little bit about golf. We talked about some of your other stuff you've been interested in. I wanted to ask if golf had never been an option for you, what do you think you could see yourself doing right now to to make money or to have a job? Golf has been, I guess, golf has been a part of my life. It's sort of hard to imagine my life without it. Um, I guess if I wasn't playing golf. Um, like I've really enjoyed getting to know like some of you guys, like yourself and Chris Solomon and Kyle Porter and these you know, the the new generation of golf media that are up and coming that make make it fun to sort of 
watch golf or to read about golf or so like I sort of really enjoyed the last sort of year and a half, two years of that. So maybe writing about golf or posting or blogging about golf or something like that, because that's been a that's become something I've I've you know, I'm quite interested in and, and so maybe something like that. Rory, you cannot start a podcast. You would ruin us if you did this. I hope you know that the Rory McIlroy no, show... I know, I'm no, not going to do that. Just, I'll, just, uh, I'll just try to come on your podcast. Perfect, thank possible. you. All right, so I'm going to play, we're going to play a little game here at the end, uh, and then I got one question, I'll let you go. Here's the game. It's called, when is the last time you blank, okay? So when is the last time Rory uh-huh. McIlroy did blank? And uh, the first question, I think we already got the answer to, but when is the last time you flew commercial? Um, last time I flew commercial was from South Africa back to Dubai, so last Sunday night. When is the last time you cold shanked a golf shot? Ooh, um, it's been a while. My miss is off the toe. If anything, I toe, I'm a toe striker, so okay. um, it's it's been a while. Jeez, uh, I can't even remember. I mean, are we talking five years? Yeah, yeah, it's been maybe, maybe more, maybe more than that. Uh, <laughs> definitely not as recent as Ian Poulter. Nice. Every week. <laughs> When's the last time you went to see a movie in the theater? Last time I went to see a movie in the theater, um, three, two, two and a half months ago. Okay, what'd you see? Oh, let me see. It's not that memorable. I didn't even. Yeah, um, obviously you didn't write it. You did not write a, a Rotten Tomatoes review or anything on this. No, I didn't. We want to go see La La Land. That's that's one that we, we want to go and see. Well, I, I might be dragged to go and see it. But, um, <laughs> it, it looks it looks interesting. We saw hidden uh, hidden figures on the weekend, and it was unbelievable. So highly recommend that movie if you've got a chance. It was it was a feel good movie. You walked out and you actually felt positive about the world in a time when a lot of people maybe don't feel so positive. About the world. When, when is the last time you had a tequila shot? Uh, Ryder Cup. Yeah, so five Ryder months Cup ago, six months ago. When's the last time you texted uh, Tiger Woods? Yeah. yeah. When's the last time you texted Tiger Woods? Um, two days ago. I'm not going to ask what it was. When yeah, is the last time you, you've eaten fast food? Last time I've eaten fast food. Uh... Just before, yeah, probably like two months ago. What'd you have? Before Christmas. Uh, McDonald's. What'd you get at McDonald's? McDonald's. Um, actually, so they did this thing. I don't know if they did it in the States. I don't think they did it in the States. But um, like around the Christmas period, they have like a festive menu. So it was, um, I think it was called like the McFestive Feast. It was some <laughs> burger with like, there was cranberry sauce in it. And there was like some sort of different cheese. And yeah, a large fries, and it's funny as well. Like I don't know if they do this in the field, but they started to put the calories on, right. on like the packaging over here in Europe. And I'm looking at this stuff, going, "Can't believe I've just consumed 1,500 <laughs> calories in four minutes." <laughs> we I had a I had a lengthy McGriddle conversation yesterday about um, why exactly people like a McGriddle with the syrup breakfast sandwich in the bread. Oh, and uh, one of my friends no, knew the ex- yeah, he knew the exact calorie count. On a McGriddle to the to the number, I had to look it up, and I said, "Well, obviously this guy." This I know, guy I know what a, I, I know what a large fries is, and I was very surprised what a large fries is. 
Wow, two months. I can't believe that. I'm so surprised. Okay, last question I'll ask, and I'll get you out. I really appreciate the time. It's January 23rd, 2018, so it's a year from today. You and I are on a call again, as mm-hmm. of course we will be. And what would you have yep. had to done? What would you have had to do the last full calendar year to say I had a really solid 2017? Um, I hope we be talking to you as a five-time major champion. Or not. Okay. Um, and then world number one instead of world number two. Um, uh, those two things, I would say, it would have been a pretty solid 2017. And 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 I I would say, I mean, any any green jacket in the closet is probably going to be considered a good year for you. So I mean, whatever year that happens in, if it's 17 or beyond, yeah, that'll be a good one. I'd, I'd take, and obviously, if it isn't a green jacket and any of the others, I'm I'm totally fine with as well. I'm not picky. No, for sure. Any any of them is fine. Want to make or clear it? You give it to me, I'll be happy with it. I guess you'd have to go earn it. Rory McIlroy, I really appreciate the time. Good luck the rest of the year. I hope you get healthy soon. We, we can't wait to see you back out there. Good luck at the Masters and beyond. We will see you around. Thank you. Appreciate it. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole. It's in the hole. I mentioned Ogio earlier, and I want to mention them again. The Golf Bag Company is also your place for the best backpacks on the market. The Renegade Backpack has a laptop compartment, a padded tablet compartment, integrated phone panels to keep these electronics safe, It features not one but two water bottle holders. For those that like to stay hydrated when traveling, the Renegade is the Rolls Royce of backpacks, and the dark static color option looks like you should be an extra on the next Batman movie. Ogeo is the brand. Golf bags and backpacks are what they do. Check out Ogeo, O-G-I-O dot com right now. Look at that Renegade. You'll be happy with it. Well, that'll do it. For this week's Clubhouse podcast, many thanks to Rory McIlroy. I know he gets a lot of requests. Really appreciate him jumping on the podcast. Always a fun question. I'm really hopeful he doesn't start his own podcast. For goodness sakes, we will all be out of a job. The Rory McIlroy show would do pretty well, I'm sure, but I don't think he has enough time to do it. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, make sure you follow that newsletter. Go to my Twitter page, at Shane Bacon. It is pinned right atop it. If you just click on that link, you can sign up, and you'll get get some in your inbox on Mondays and Wednesdays. We're not trying to flood your inbox. We're just trying to make it a little easier to get all your golf news in one place, one simple, simple place, and that's what we hope we're doing for you. Uh, appreciate you listening. Appreciate you joining us. If you're a first-time listener, go over there, subscribe to the podcast. We've got some fun guests lined up over the next month, month and a half or so as we near Augusta National and near the Masters. So give us a follow, uh, subscribe to the podcast, and if you love it, write a positive review. We really, really appreciate it. I've got some Clubhouse koozies in the mail headed our way right now. So uh, those will just be given out. I'm not asking for money. I'm not asking for uh, for really anything. It's just going to be random people that I see through social media that like the podcast, that compliment us. We'll be shipping them out. Uh, it has a logo on there. It has a funny little line on it. So we'll be sending those out. I'll send a picture out when they get in. I'm excited to have them. And that'll do it for this week's Clubhouse. Appreciate Rory. Appreciate you guys. Make sure you get out, play a little golf. If it's not too cold, make some birdies. 